1: After the Apocalypse, A Pandemic Survival Story, Season 3, Episode 16, Détente. The college dining hall was dimly lit by the dying afternoon sun, Dust motes circled listlessly above the stack of dormant red plastic serving trays. An awkward silence hung in the air between them like a plate of old glass, smoky, cracked, and fragile to the touch. The old man looked at the tile floor and thought about what to say. He hadn't thought this part through and was unexpectedly adrift." Maybe, unconsciously, the old man had been afraid to acknowledge the chance of Paul's survival so as not to tempt fate. But here they were. The mental wall he had constructed to seal himself off from the fate of his son was dismantled and broken. A new reality had been thrust upon him. He should be glad at finding Paul, shouldn't he? Wasn't this what he had been hoping for? Fitful waves of emotions crashed and subsided, one wave wiping away the previous and receding only to be replaced by the surge of the next. Apprehension. Fear. Guilt. Relief joy, an overwhelming cascading kaleidoscope of emotions, each one scurrying just out of reach like a slippery small fish. Then it dawned on him that maybe his quest hadn't been about finding Paul at all. It had really been about needing a reason to keep moving forward in this dead world— in this realization, the old man saw his own selfishness. It had been about the old man all along, and now he sat in the company of his estranged son entirely unprepared. He breathed deep and mentally swept away the writhing pile of conflicting emotions, instead defaulting in his helplessness, to simplicity. "'Paul, it's really good to see you,' he began. Paul was tense and withdrawn. The old man could see it in his eyes. Similar mental storms were raging in him. They were a lot alike, the old man thought. Eventually, Paul's eyes focused on his father, and he haltingly spoke with simplicity of his own, with a tone just on the edge of exasperation. "'What are you doing here?' The old man smiled, despite himself, at the awkwardness of this situation. "'Weren't all family situations awkward?' "'Good question, son!' bit of a long story. The old man scratched his beard and continued. Hard to tell where to start. He looked up at the ceiling panels, trying to imagine a narrative that would answer this simple question. So much had happened since they had last met, and the old man had many questions of his own. Where to start? start. Finally, the old man responded, What are you doing here? It's gonna take some time to answer. It seemed a lifetime had passed since he and Paul had sat in that coffee shop and exchanged recriminations across the table. And, of course, it was. That was before. They were different people now. He had no wish to recreate the coffee shop scene, and he knew from their history it could go there in a heartbeat. He realized that right now all he really wanted to do was to move. The old man got to his feet and held a conciliatory hand out to his son. Let's go for a walk and I'll fill you in the best I can. Paul hesitated a moment. Then something seemed to release, and with an audible outbreath he rose. Sure, walk and talk. I'll show you around. They walked together down the halls and along the paths of the campus, and the old man told his story. He told his son about being out on the trails with his ultra-running buddies when everyone started getting sick. It was an awful and confusing couple of days as he struggled to help and to cope with and to understand what was happening, and it all happened at once. Like a starting gun had been fired, everyone rushed headlong towards a finish line of death. Within a very short time, the virus was everywhere, and so were the dead and dying. The old man struggled to tell Paul of how he fought his way through the chaos into the city and how he found the rest of the family, pausing to put a hand on Paul's shoulder and say, "'They were gone when I found them.' "'Paul looked away, and there was regret in the wetness of his dark eyes. "'The old man recognized the pain in Paul's look. "'The old man had had time to adjust to the family-shaped void in his world, "'but Paul had not, even though he must have suspected "'the realization that his family was gone broke fresh and raw for Paul.' It was a lot for him to take in. The moment lay like a black hole between them. The old man didn't know what to say, but felt something needed to be said. I know we've had our differences, but I'm sorry about your mom and your brother. I miss them, too. They resumed their walking, putting one heavy foot in front of the other, Moving forward, as humans have been doing for millennia, they walked together in companionable silence for a while. Then Paul spoke of his situation at the college, where the virus had hit the same way, overwhelming them with its speed and ferocity. Why didn't we get sick? He wondered out loud to his father. What's... "'Special about us!' "'The old man shook his head. "'I don't know. "'Maybe someday we'll figure that out.' "'After many minutes of walking silently in their thoughts and memories, "'the old man continued with his story. "'He told of how he did what he could for the earthly remains of the family, "'which wasn't much. "'He sat in the apartment and cried.' While the chaos and destruction reigned around him, he hadn't known what to do. Should he find a hospital to see if he could be useful to others? Should he lay down and accept his fate? There was nothing but chaos and death in the city. So instead, he did what brought him comfort. He ran. At first he ran just to move, just to put distance between himself and the apocalypse. He ran out of the city, he headed south. He fell into a daily cadence of stringing together miles like he was the living dead. Inevitably, in his travels he met survivors— "'Some were deranged, violent, and preying on what was left. "'There were gangs and chaos that had emerged to feed on what was left of humanity. "'The old man did what he had to do. "'He wasn't afraid of death, but he wouldn't stop running. "'Then he told of the other survivors he met, "'survivors who were a spark of humanity smoldering in the darkness.' "'like Janet and Bill the dog. "'Paul asked if he and the woman were together. "'The old man looked confused, then laughed. "'When he recovered from the hilarity of the question, "'he explained patiently that he and Janet "'had fought together for many weeks to survive, "'but were not together in any other sense.' She was extremely competent and good to have around if you wanted to survive. Janet was one of the good ones, as much of a loner as he was. The old man admitted the value of having traveling companions that you could count on. Being alone was risky business in the apocalypse. Bill the dog was a particularly good partner— Not only was Bill an alarm system, but he was also their protector and uncomplaining friend. He told a few of their stories and harrowing experiences, touched on some relevant details to support his points, and finally explained how they were like war buddies who had shared a foxhole together on the front lines. Yes." They traveled and fought together, but that kind of bond is different, and in many ways deeper. Mac adjusted the weight bar on his shoulders and lowered himself into a squat. He blew out a breath and pressed the squat back up to a standing position, leaning forward to loudly rack the weighted bar. "'Janet leaned against the wall. "'That had to be close to 400 pounds. "'He was showing off. "'What a meathead!' she thought. "'Red-faced with the effort, Mac asked slyly, "'Wanna jump in?' "'No, I'm good,' Janet smiled. "'She walked to an overhead pull-up bar, "'jumped up and grabbed it in a wide overhand grip.' She knocked out twenty perfectly clean, behind-the-head lat pull-ups. She made it look easy. Mac looked her over, up and down. She wasn't bulky, but she exuded strength. How had he not seen that when he was bringing them in? He must have been distracted by Zane's injuries. She swung down. "'Rubbed her hands together and asked, "'So, what's your setup up here, Mac?' "'Mac,' once he was able to focus, boasted, "'I've got a solid security team here. "'I've got a couple dozen riders. "'I got patrols going out every day. "'We keep an eye on our patch "'and keep everyone safe "'so that the kaiju can do his work.' "'Janet, without malice, replied flatly, "'You know,' "'You're living in a bubble, right? "'You have no idea how bad it is out there.' "'Mac was offended. "'We can take care of ourselves.' "'No, you can't,' Janet said, "'not in an accusatory manner, rather as a statement of fact. "'You're a handful of kids.' amateurs there's an army of violent professional killers out there eventually someone is gonna march in here and take your stuff kill most of you and you don't want to know what they'll do with the ones they let live mac frowned we can take care of ourselves he said with forced conviction then how was i able to beat you "'I almost shish kebab Paul's Adam's apple. "'You're living in a bubble. "'The world has gone mad. "'You can't take care of yourselves. "'You'll be lucky to survive.' "'We've got it under control,' Max said, "'a hint of doubt sneaking into his voice. "'You're the exception. "'You tricked us,' he continued." I'll do whatever I need to do to protect the kaiju. He knows what to do. He's building a new future for all of us. Janet smiled. I don't know about your kaiju, but I hope he knows what he's doing. Let's hope the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Paul took the old man's story in soberly. He had never been one to waste words, and he had learned early in life that listening was a powerful way to learn. When he sensed that his father's storytelling was running out of gas, Paul would ask thoughtful questions. The old man realized he was being directed by his son, but instead of bridling at the loss of control, he was glad for it, It produced a positive, almost collaborative, natural conversation. They were avoiding the battle for control of ideas that had typified their interactions as far back as he could remember. Paul asked with more curiosity than reproach. "'Why did you come here?' The old man answered in turn with open honesty. "'I had nowhere else to go.' You were the last thing I had to do. Finding out what happened to you was a reason for me to keep living. It was a deep moment. They both fell silent. In that moment, they were connected. But the old man felt vulnerable and reverted to dad mode before he could catch himself. So, what's all this "'Kaiju nonsense!' Paul tightened in his response, and they quickly fell into their old pattern. "'Once again, you think my life choices are nonsense. Thanks, Dad!' The old man tried to cover his tracks to save the moment. "'No! No! That's not what I meant! I meant how did you end up in charge here? What's a story?' I don't think you'll understand, Paul said flatly, suspicious. Try me! The old man countered and smiled. Paul took a deep breath and began. He told his story of being the only one who didn't get sick, and how he was able to help the others survive. He told of their taking control of the university and how they had moved the boomers out. The old man couldn't help himself and asked, "'Why couldn't you let them stay and help rebuild? Isolating them seems like a great waste of talent, especially now.' Paul responded with conviction, "'No, we are trying to build something new here.' "'The boomers have experience, but it's all rooted in the old world. "'No matter how hard they try, they'll never be able to change that.' "'The old man digested this and asked a question "'he wasn't sure he wanted to know the answer to. "'What is this new world you're talking about?' "'Paul stayed serious and spoke as if baiting his father.' "'Humans can't be trusted. "'We're building an AI to run the world.' He inspected his father's ruddy face for a reaction. The old man eventually said, "'That's impossible!' Paul was ready for this reaction. "'No, actually it's not. "'We've been working on it a couple years now. "'We got funded by a big cloud computing company. "'It was my thesis project.' "'We've got more computing power here on the campus than most tech companies. "'But it's impossible!' the old man protested. "'How can a computer make decisions about governance and humanity? "'It's insane!' "'No, it's not. "'We trained the AI on millennia of human history, trillions of data points and scenarios. "'We gave it fitness criteria and goals. "'We taught it to design a better future.' "'It makes better decisions than any government or dictator could. "'That's crazy!' the old man said with exasperation. "'This is like some Twilight Zone episode. It "'It isn't right. It can't work. "'Dad, wake up and look around you. "'Humans are terrible at making good decisions.' "'Paul ticked off examples on his fingers.' "'Humans always make poor short-term decisions that mortgage the future. "'Humans make emotional decisions. "'Humans are terrible at balancing the dynamic "'between self-interest and common good,' Paul concluded. "'We're not going to make it worse. "'We're going to fix it.' "'The old man was incredulous. "'What gives you the right? "'What are you, some sort of new messiah?' "'The old man shook his head.' "'breathed and raised his hands. "'Paul, I'm glad you're alive, "'and I'm even proud of you for trying to find a better way, "'but this just sounds crazy.' "'Willie picked her way through the outskirts of the campus. "'She stayed out of sight in the cover of trees "'and followed Bill's lead. "'It was a strange place, this campus. "'Red brick buildings.' some with cliched ivy climbing the walls, neatly trimmed hedges, lined well-maintained curbing, townhouses had bicycles left unlocked in racks like there was never a chance of crime or care. It was like some test-tube isolation of college normalcy that she would never have gotten in her life. No one in her family no one in her neighborhood went to college. If they did, it wasn't a college like this. It was one of those community colleges that advertise on the MARTA train. She couldn't believe that people actually lived like this. It made her mad. People like her would never get that chance. And why not? She was as smart as these kids, probably smarter. She just happened to lose some random genetic lottery. At least, she thought, the plague will level the playing field. Or would it? Class biases were a fixture of every society. Prejudice ran deep. Would the old hates reemerge as the world recovered? Then... Two things happened. First, she turned a brick corner and gazed down on a large pile of skeletons or bones on a playing field. Second, Bill the dog heard something and took off running. Stop, she hissed. Come back.
0: Hello, my survivor friends. Ohayou gozaimasu, my survivor friends. Hope you are all doing well. Konnichiwa. That's right, the thread that we are weaving like a deranged spider on psychedelics. Through our commentary today is a Japanese one. Why? Because the two pieces of content I'm going to talk about are Japanese in origin. But before that, let's do a little housekeeping. If you want to submit a story for our story contest, go ahead, get it in now, end of April. You can see the rules and the explanation in a blog post that I pinned over at the website oldmanapocalypse.com. I know there are a lot of creatives out there in our listener base And so here's a chance for you to get your babies out in front of 20,000 eager fans. That's 20,000 eager fans a month. Judgment-free. Judgment-free zone here. Nothing nefarious. Just trying to add some color to our community and help the struggling artists. If you want to help the show, the best way to do that is to recommend it to your friends and give it a thumbs up on your podcast app. We are four episodes away from the end of Season 3. That means a scant eight weeks of normal time. It is my habit to take some time off between seasons, but we will see. We will see what I do and what we can do. I still have a lot of projects half done that I need to work on. I need to figure out how to find the time and the focus for those. If you want to come over and join us on the Facebook group, we have... Over 300 survivors there waiting in line for slop from the field kitchen. And if you do send a request a request to join, do me a favor and answer the challenge questions so I know you're not a robot. I know you're a human. That helps me. Saves me a few steps. I don't have to hunt you down. The other thing you can do to please the internet gods, the internet search engine beings is to like, share, or subscribe that blog page over at oldmanapocalypse.com, and that'll get the engines interested in a little activity there. So don't get me started on robots. I discovered this week that there is an AI now specifically for writing podcast episodes, so the end is nigh. Okay, let's get back to those two Japanese shows I wanted to talk about. I wanted to opine on this week. The first one is a live-action movie that I watched from 2010 called Battleship... (laughs) The first one is a live-action movie I watched from 2010 called Space Battleship Yamato. This was a live-action rendition of the anime of Space Battleship Yamato. Uh, Let me back up. So, there have been a bunch of movies and TV series in the Battleship Yamato franchise, but the original show was an animated series produced in Japan starting in 1974. And apparently the original anime series was a formative piece of content for a lot of people. I did not watch this growing up, and my watching this movie was my first experience with it. I think I was too old when it got released in the U.S., which would have been in the 80s, but ironically, I did work in Japan early in my career, also in the 1980s. So, Although I have familiarity with Japanese culture, I am playing catch-up on Space Battleship Yamato. That's my anime voice. So I will lean on this quote from Wikipedia. Quote, Space Battleship Yamato is one of the most influential anime series in Japan its turn towards serious themes and complex storylines influenced future works in the medium, including Gundam, Evangelion, and Macros, in addition to video games such as Space Invaders. So some heady praise there from the old Wikipedia engine. So the movie was not terrible. I think it was intended for people who already knew the storyline, who had watched the anime, What I did find interesting was this whole battleship theme. So here's the backstory on that. In World War II, the Japanese built these two large battleships, one of which was Battleship Yamato. And Yamato is a prefecture in Japan, similar to a state in the U.S., so think it's like the Battleship Missouri, right, or something like that. And note, this is different from Admiral Yamamoto who was the guy in charge of the attack on Pearl Harbor, that, that's different. This is Yamato. They made two of this size battleship. And the reason was that they knew, this being the Japanese, they knew they couldn't keep up with the U.S. in the number of ships being produced, so they decided to build a ship so big that it could engage multiple other smaller ships simultaneously. And it was a big ship. With a lot of big guns, over 3,000 sailors, it was a very robust expression of the militaristic Japanese culture before and during World War II. Now, World War II, as it turns out, ultimately was not a war of battleships. World War II ended up being a war of aircraft carriers and combined forces, and so Yamato, battleship Yamato, didn't see much action until the end of the war, when the Americans got to Okinawa. Now, Okinawa was the first real Japanese home island soil that was threatened by the Americans in the Pacific. So the Japanese Admiralty, they sent the Yamato on this one-way mission. They gave it enough fuel to get to Okinawa and gave it instructions to beach themselves at Okinawa and basically turn battleship Yamato into a fort to defend the island but Yamato was sunk by the American subs and planes before it got there because of this this action this last mission a sort of romantic heroic mythos was created of the mighty battleship steaming off to die back to the anime the anime uses this Last Hope heroic desperate, desperation mission as its theme. Earth is attacked by aliens and humans are driven underground to survive. And some other helpful aliens give humans technology to build a spaceship. While well, the humans, being the sneaky devils that we are, we secretly build this spaceship inside the wreck of the Yamato. And this is possible because the oceans have been boiled away, and the Yamato wreck is high and dry. It is a very interesting premise, and it works very well in the anime. The movie, that the version I watched, it kind of skims over the origin story, but maybe it was lost in translation. Turns out the actual wreck of the Yamato was found in the 1980s. It sits in two pieces on the bottom of the Pacific, in about uh, 1,200 feet of water, so it's not high and dry. There have been many, many versions of this anime since the original series in the 1970s. It was translated into Star Blazers for the American audience, and it was also very popular there. Uh, There have been movies and reboots So you can dig around online and find many of them to watch. So there you go. Formative anime with a side of Japanese nationalism. The next thing I watched, actually last week, was a Japanese series called Alice in Borderland on Netflix. And this is a super interesting show. I watched my way through the first season. I still have the second season to go. It's based on a manga of the same name manga being a Japanese long-form comic book sort of thing. At first, it felt a lot like a Japanese version of Squid Game, and it's a bit like that with the characters forced to play games for their lives, but Alice has an element of the apocalypse in it, with the characters being trapped in an abandoned Tokyo. So they wake up and they find themselves in an abandoned city, very end of the world. And I know that this is somehow an allegory for the Lewis Carroll story, not the Disney movie or the Johnny Depp movie, the original Alice in Wonderland written by Carroll in the 1860s. I confess I have not read the original Lewis Carroll book. Maybe I should. Many of the Golden Age science fiction writers cite that Alice in Wonderland as a formative work along with the original Wizard of Oz, sort of proto-science fiction. Now, this series I watched on Netflix is apparently an allegory for the original. Some things are super obvious, but other things were... I had a hard time finding what are the binding points between the show and this allegory. There are rules, there's playing cards, and there are characters that you can see are analogous to characters in Alice in Wonderland. The series was dubbed in English, and sometimes the characters say absolutely ridiculous things that I think are a result of a rushed screenplay for the English dub. The direction is interesting. I'm going to call it interesting. Some people have praised the direction. I'm going to call it interesting. Some of the camera work is very heavy-handed, like someone watched way too much Kurosawa or Tarantino. You get these long, overly constructed framing shots. But then at times, it seems like they also watched a lot of bad spring break movies, because they have a lot of these lingering close-ups of young girls' backsides, if you know what I mean. (laughs) And it was all set to go on a rant about how misogynist and patriarchal uh, Japanese culture is. But then they surprised me on the second-to-last episode by doing something with a character... That caught me by surprise. Something that in an American movie would just be another day at the office, but in a Japanese movie uh, in that culture, it was very sympathetic and very good. So it is like any good show of this type about apocalypse, right? What happens when you pull people out of a out of normal world and put them in an alternate world? What happens when you put the outcasts together with the normal people in a situation like this? How do they respond? How do they keep their humanity? How do they survive? It has that, that echo of Hunger Games and Battle Royale. And it's worth the watch. I may have to re-watch Season 1 to see if I missed a bunch of stuff, but it is worth the watch. So, sayonara. If you're looking for some Japanese-themed diversion, you can dial up Battleship Yamato, in any of its many forms and or alice in borderland on your shortwave radio hope you all are enjoying your lives and everything is fruitful and prosperous for you thank you for spending time with me domo arigato keep surviving